Hello, hello, people. We are back with another podcast, and this week I am joined by Mr. Daniel Weber. Dan, how are you doing today? Woo! It is a Wednesday night. It's my Friday. I'm sipping on a little peach moonshine. How's that? Um, oh, it tastes like gasoline, but you know what? You know what? You know what's even better than gasoline right now? Darius right. guy's coming off IR. You know, I feel like the bar is really really low there. I, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I did get approached by Geis this week. There's a little fun fact for you. I got approached by uh, two different teams about Darius Geis and what his value is. But you know what, man? No matter what his value is, Peach Moonshine always tops it. You know, I feel like I, I love everyone in this league, but I feel like we're all victims of the, the moment. You know, if someone's a competent owner, who in their right mind is going to sell Darius Geis? The day he comes off IR, it was the actually time... it was actually a couple of days before that. Um, okay, with part of it, and I I think it's whether you think somebody's paying attention to potentially how IR works and any pieces yeah. like that. But I mean, I give the respect to it. Um, there were a did couple. You get, did you get close? No. Okay. Um, uh, there were a couple discussions there. I, I appreciate the discussions there. I love the people that brought it up to me. Um, I just don't think it was as mutual as it needed to be, and and. I put his value at an early second understanding his injury history. I'll be curious what you think his, his value is before we even start. I would say I think early second is like the fair, legit value. But I feel like a, most sellers are going to want like a late first type thing. You know yeah. what I mean? It's one of those situations that the people that have Darius Geis, I think they have like an expectation. Chances are they took him last year in their rookie draft you know, quite high, maybe the second overall pick. And they obviously believe in him. He's had a rough go at it, but there's still a lot of reason for excitement. Yeah, and that's where you you hope that you hedge the bets and saying this kid's going to come back being healthy. He's going to help complement Dwayne Haskins in, in everything there. I would also like to say that I'm extremely sorry that I was completely wrong. I would absolutely take Danny Dimes over Dwayne Haskins. Um, I will rescind <laughs> that, but there's a little prequel to the podcast talk fair enough fair enough well a lot of well actually not really a lot of stuff to talk about this week there i mean not really any major injuries um no which is thank the heavens like this is the time where you don't want to see any of those happening too as we get down into crunch time exactly i mean i think there's just some minor nagging stuff i mean jacoby Brissett, james connor Maybe Evan Ingram, but nothing super serious. So that's good. Um, So this week, you know, we'll kind of start with talking about the trade that happened. And then, as we mentioned last week, we'll jump into some of the playoff kind of assessments and how each divisions are looking and what kind of races are on the front or the, you know, what we're all looking at with four weeks to go in the regular season. Absolutely. Let's talk Lamar Jackson, man. Lamar Jackson. He is... I mean, first of all, to start things off, would it be fair to say that he is probably the biggest riser in a super flex dynasty league in terms of in terms of value? You mean the fact that you have a running back that can throw the football at the same time? Absolutely. I mean, now don't get me wrong. I mean, you can everybody can look at the New England Patriots defense and say, hey, they haven't played anybody. This team made the most out of everything that they put together. But at the end of the day, Lamar Jackson made them their bitch. And anybody mm-hmm. that thinks otherwise is is a fool. And please trade me your entire roster at that point in time. Um, but well, let's, that... let's, let, before we get hot and heavy on it, let's just, for people that maybe are living under a rock, 
Uh, the trade in question involved Z and Cold Steel and Sunshine. Zane gave up the corpse of Andrew Luck, a, his worst 2020 first round draft pick from Flash Gordon, and a 2021 first round draft pick that is actually the property of mine. Um, and Cold Steel and Sunshine gave up Lamar Jackson. So, I, Dan, um, why don't you start us off? Two late round draft picks, pending, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, one of them was in 2021, correct? Correct. It is a 2020 draft pick from Stefan and a 21 draft pick from myself. I'm not 100% sure. I think Lamar Jackson somebody you can build around. I mean, when you look at, at and I'm working on pulling rosters up right now, because mm-hmm. this goes to show you how well prepared I am with part of it. When you think about the roster and places you want to build around in a super flex league, quarterback and running back, I feel, are the two places that you can really make a name for yourself to begin with. And I know you guys can... Nick always will contradict me in part of the wide receiver thing. So will you, for the most part. But well, but I think day, one thing we'll all agree on: quarterbacks. Quarterbacks oh, God, are yes. important. I like That's, quarterbacks, and mm-hmm. and two firsts for understanding that Lamar Jackson was traded early on for Nikhil Harry and a couple, or he got Nikhil Harry for you. You got Nikhil Harry for a couple other pieces. I fucked up. Yeah, that that hundred <laughs> percent. We'll, there you go. Well, we'll see. We'll see. But it in I, hindsight on that one. Who would have thought that Lamar Jackson would rise this high? Yeah, and, and it's an interesting piece, but the floor Lamar Jackson has established himself yeah. on is asinine. It, it really, really is. It's it it's becoming borderline Patrick Mahomes style. Um, I think giving the two first round picks, I don't think was enough. To be honest with you, I don't think it was enough. Well, uh, yeah. I, first of all, I'm going to read off some numbers for you. Um, I think a lot of times we talk about these trades and, you know, oh, we like them, we don't like them, but just some stone-cold facts to start things off. Here is some universal dynasty ranking sites on where they had Lamar Jackson for among all quarterbacks for dynasty. Fantasy Pros, which is a dynasty aggregate ranking site, has him at QB4 among all their consensus experts. ESPN has him as their fourth QB as well. And Roto World has him as his as their QB three, so those are three pretty big ranking sites, mm-hmm. and he is a top five in a super flex league. I mean, even if you don't value quarterbacks, a top five QB, a top three QB in in one of these sites, that's at the very least a top twenty, top twenty five asset, and. For me, who places a premium on a quarterback, I would say that's closer to a top 15 asset. Yeah, it's it's hard to argue against part of that. And I think the return on the investment, and of all people that have the the resources to, to do part of it, Zane's one of the ones that can unload part of those pieces. And I think he got himself a great deal. Now, do I fault the trading of him at all? No, I don't think I do. Um but yes, in other pieces as well. Quarterbacks you build around, this is a guy that's probably going to start and, and have part of it, and heaven forbid we don't see a Robert Griffin III ever, ever, ever again where this guy can't stay healthy. Um, but with that being said, this guy has proven that he can throw the ball, run the ball, take ownership, run this team, and run run an a, 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 an aggressive offense. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, they've, yeah. they've catered this offense to him. Like, and, I, and God bless Ravens Harbaugh. Harbaugh's gone. Oh my gosh, what a great offense this has become. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I'm with you. You have a quarterback, and Chris is clearly rebuilding, or it looks like that's the direction he wants to go. Um, it's it's hard to envision moving a quarterback. I guess I do get, especially one that's in his second year looking like an MVP quarterback and just came off a week where he, he shed on the defense that everyone's been anointing as some sort of amazing defense. But uh, it's it's a little tough to swallow, um, especially, I, I think, I mean, I'm going to go on a side rant. Okay, you could think that this is a good trade, bad trade, but if you were going to trade a player... I feel like you're doing yourself a disservice if it's a move that like an hour later people are like, wait a minute, he was available? Now I know you should maybe operate under the assumption that every player is available. But if you're going to update your trade bait, which I believe Chris did the, the morning of this trade, you know, clearly you have intentions of doing something. Why wasn't Lamar Jackson on there? I, I, I don't know if someone would have beat Zane's offer. I truthfully don't. But... I don't think people have the resources that Zane does unless you're unless you're Sam in this league. But with that being said, you're right. I, I had no idea he was available. Uh, I don't think that changes many of the pieces. But with that being said, not everybody has to publicize that this player is on the market. I yeah. think I think that does that help or hurt the value? I, I it depends. And that and that becomes a big question is without this public knowledge and I'll put public on my side with air quotes that none of you all can see um yes thank you uh does that change his value if he gets an offer that says this and all of a sudden somebody comes out and says mar jackson's on the trading block how many people look at potentially saying hey i want to buy this player yeah i mean that's the million dollar question but at the end of the day it's a what if and unfortunately we don't know yeah we don't Um, operate on what ifs in fantasy yeah i mean i I'd like to imagine that a 22-year-old quarterback that's top five at his position at quarterback in a superplex league would garner some interest. But I know. mean, I'll ask you the question: Do you buy the longevity of the Lamar Jackson? I mean, what are we saying longevity? Like, so he's going to have you, a 15-year career. I don't. I, I mean, when you when I say longevity, I'm thinking: Does he have five years? to seven years of his running potential in this NFL football league. Yeah, I would buy that. I mean, that's basically saying, do you think he's going to make it through his rookie contract and get like a, um, an extension? And yeah, I, I think he will. I, I think Lamar Jackson through, you know, a year and a plus has shown, yeah, he's a great runner. He's gifted. He's up there at Michael Vick level. But he's also a good passer. He's a willing passer. The Baltimore Ravens have worked with him on that. So yeah, I do think that there could be, that there should be the longevity at that level. So the, so this leads me into the to the next piece because I I would throw a comparison of him to a smaller version of Cam Newton. And Cam Newton arguably was, I mean, it's not arguably he for a fact was the most hit quarterback over the last three or four years and that's ultimately led to potentially his demise in Carolina where Kyle Allen stepped up and taken care of business and I think potentially we've seen the last steps of Cam Newton in Carolina if Lamar Jackson's been a hell of a lot more protected don't get me wrong it's the Ravens have taken care of him but does that scare you at all I mean yes and no I feel like you see like a lot of these running quarterbacks like I 
you know, I'm a Kyle Murray, Kyle Murray guy, even, you know, Russell Wilson, you know, some of these rushing quarterbacks, and I think Lamar Jackson falls in this territory. They understand that, yeah, I could get this, these yards and then I can go down. Like Cam Newton, I think what got him in trouble is he was the type that, oh, I, I could, you know, just call it quits or I could lower my shoulder and get an extra yard. Yeah, but Cam Newton was also, I mean, he was built like a he's, he's arguably bigger than 90% of any defensive backer, linebacker that's going to try and tackle him. Oh, for sure. No doubt about that. But I mean, it, I think he falls more in like that running back, like, and running backs we see break down all the time. I think Lamar Jackson, he, he doesn't look for contact. You know how you hear that with running backs, like running backs that like look for contact, like they want to punish you. Yep, absolutely. I think he is more like, yeah, he's, he want he will run when he has to run, but he's also going to get down when he has to get down. Yeah. And they've, they've utilized whether it's intentional play calling or Lamar Jackson making the most out of a bad situation. He's used his feet exceptionally well. Um, but just to come full circle with this, I I think Chris could have gotten a potentially a little bit more for him. Um, but kudos to Zane for, for taking advantage of a situation and being aggressive, asking for someone that wants to sell a product. I can't get upset in any way, oh, shape, yeah. or form that that happened. No, no, no. You definitely can't get, can't get upset with Zane. I mean, Zane got a great deal. I mean, he filled a massive hole. I mean, he obviously saw, you know, the shit hand dealt to him when Andrew Luck retired before the season, but hey, shooter shoot, and he got you know Lamar Jackson and so Aaron Rodgers might have been solidified now for the next few years. So the one question I'll ask you is: Do you put any value onto the Andrew Luck piece of this trade? Me personally, no. I you know I don't think he's going to come back. Okay. I, think, I I was in the same boat. You? I just wasn't. Okay. No, no, I don't. I don't see him doing it. I think he's calling it a quit for goods on a career. Um, I understand that when you think about Andrew Luck or a Rob Gronkowski situation, where these guys say we're not coming back, and again, air quotes on my side. Um, I think Lux has more relevancy than Gronkowski's does. Yeah, I mean, I think both guys at the end of the day, like with 360 players rostered, they're probably worth a roster spot you know, for the next year or two, sure. But I don't expect either of them really to come back, unfortunately. Yeah, and I mean, kudos to Zane for getting it. And I mean, this this conversation becomes ultimately different if Andrew Luck gets himself mentally healthy and recovers from injury and says, hey, you know what, Indianapolis, let's go ahead and let's make this Andrew Luck 2.0 and we see a different version. But right now, I, I don't see it. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't think you can really assume that, but... Maybe Chris knows something we don't. And um, if he does, I, I'll so, give the man all the credit in the world. <laughs> so, I mean, do you feel like this has to be a foreshadowing of more moves to come then for Chris? Uh, I think there's a couple people on his roster that, that we could see this. Um, T.Y. Hilton uh, could potentially be a, play, a player that gets moved. Understand that, yeah, he's dealing with a calf injury and and other different pieces. I think Greg Olson, for a team that's desperate for a tight end, has shown that he can take care of what Kyle Allen needs to do, understanding that it will never, ever, ever eat into who Christian McCaffrey is Mm -hmm. that way. And I think the other piece is part of this is Todd Gurley. I think Todd Gurley, to a contender or to somebody that's struggling in the running back area, could potentially pull an additional value. And at this point in time, I I don't see anything less than a first for, for what Todd Gurley could fetch him. Yeah, that's I buy that. Um, I think it would be smart. I mean, if you're willing to move a 22 year old MVPS quarterback, I think 
everything else in this roster has to be fair game. Yeah, and I don't think it's a bad thing to sell, and I think he's done his fair share of attempts at part of where we're going, but he's also very well set if he doesn't move on to some of these pieces that he's maybe three to four pieces away from potentially saying, hey, man, like, I'm coming for part of the division. Yeah, uh, we'll definitely see. I mean, I guess, I don't, well, we'll see. I don't know if I completely buy that. Eh, hashtag foreshadow for episodes to come. <laughs> Fair enough. Anything more to add? Okay, so I guess just before we move on, it sounds like we both like this trade a little bit more for Zane. Is that, I, yeah, I agree. agree I, th- I, yep. think, I think if this would have been earlier first-round draft picks, I would have called it more on the even-steven scale. But with the the later picks and one being in the next, not 2020 but 2021, uh, I lean more towards Zane in this in this trade. Yeah, I, I mean I'm definitively taking Zane. Like he should have moved his two best first instead of his two worst first at a minimum, and even that I don't think was enough. But here we are. Good for Zane on making the deal, Chris. Prove us wrong and show us that I'm incompetent. Yeah, and we'll see what the what the draft picks come of it, but yeah. All right. Well, then we're going to move on to talking about the playoffs. With four weeks to go, things are ridiculously tight in both divisions. Um, there's technically no playoff spot clinch led, although Nick is dangerously close. Um, things are getting hot and heavy in each division. Dan, do you have a preference on which one we start maybe talking about first and kind of the ramifications at hand as we enter these final four weeks? Um, I would say let's start with the Marvel division because when we start getting to the DC division, I'll probably have to take my sweatpants off because it's it's super sweaty over there. <laughs> Thanks for painting that picture God, for me. Dude, it's all, about, it's all about the visuals tonight. The air quotes, no pants. I mean, I'm all aboard this life. You keep doing you on your Friday night. Thanks, bro. All right, Marvel Division. So just to get everyone on the same page, Sam and Sean have no shot, and we are down to four teams for three spots. Myself and Nick Ruth are probably locks to make the playoffs, pretty certain. Um, But Jerry and Zane are battling out for the third spot. Uh, The current victory point total amounts. Nick Ruth is at 22. I am at 18 points, Jerry is at 15, and Zane is bringing up the rear at 10 points. Um, Let's, I guess, how about we start things off with Nick and myself before we jump into that third spot? Um, I mean, I'm assuming you agree that Nick and I are probably locks inevitables to make the playoffs at this point? Yeah, I think it all comes down to the fact when you look at that Nick is seven victory points ahead of the next closest person, and he has a matchup against Sean still sitting in the books. That's almost a guaranteed it, – it is a guaranteed two points in my world, yep. which moves him to 24, that even if Zane wins out with the additional 12 points, it doesn't catch nope. that portion. So, I, yes, I think 100% Nick's in. I like where he's at, and I don't think there's a, a harder piece where you play Sam and Sean in the schedule ahead and – yeah, your last week finishes on, on with Mr. Ruth, and I think that could potentially be the, the the tiddly wink that picks for the, the bye. Week. Yep, for the bye week, and um, but yeah, I think between the two of you, I don't see any difference. Do you? So Nick's obviously got a four point advantage. Um, do you think that 
the bye week, does he have it locked up, or do you think I have a chance at maybe battling back here? I think you have a chance just simply because he's got to play. He does play you. He plays me one time, which doesn't help my strength of schedule at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the big piece comes into is if Jerry can take care of business this week and steal two victory points out of this, which he's shown that he has the ability to be really sneaky and stealing part of these games. He I had think his this best game of the, se- of the season last week. Yep, and it couldn't have come at a better time, to be honest with you. But I think this this week hinges whether Nick says, I'm locking this shit up, or that this could be very interesting for that top spot. I would agree with that. I think it's, for Nick and I, it's probably going to come down to that Week 13 matchup. I yeah. think the winner of that will probably seal up the division. Yep. And it, that extra point is immense. The extra two points for winning that uh-huh. is going to take all the bit of difference. I mean, there's not a reason why either of you can't score in the top six and get your one victory point, but getting those additional two makes all the bit of difference in this matchup. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Um, all right, so now we're down to, you know, I think kind of the what everyone's maybe watching in the Marvel division, the battle of Jerry and Zane for that final playoff spot. Right now, uh, Jerry has a five-point victory point lead, but as we you know let off the podcast with, Zane made an aggressive move to get Lamar Jackson, and that is, you know, he doesn't have to start Joe Flacco and whatever the fuck quarterback he was doing while Joe Flacco was injured. Um, it's a massive upgrade, and it, it significantly improves Zane's team. Um, but he's down five victory points, and yeah. there's only four games left. Is it too little, too late? It becomes the really big question. I think Jerry definitely has the tougher schedule. Zane goes mm-hmm. through and he has week 10 against Sam and week 13 against Sean. But fun fact, they play each other in week 12. That's where the money's going to happen, and that's where these guys could really make the determination here. Um, but, I mean, Jerry's got Nick Ruth, Stefan, Zane, and then Sam. The last week, Jerry's going to take care of business, but he's got to take potentially two of the next three weeks to really say I'm a Jerry believer. Yeah. I mean, you look at it, Zane's got two gimmies. He's got Sam and Sean. Jerry's got one gimme with Sam. So Zane's already just artificially made up two points. So right now it's a three point gap. Um, I think again, this might be a situation that's going to come down to that week 12 matchup. And whoever wins that one, um, that it's going to be a dogfight. I mean, Zane has a very cushy schedule, obviously. I mean, Sam and Sean, but even Chris. I mean, Chris now doesn't have Lamar Jackson. That is a big loss for his team. He's going to be starting just one quarterback for the rest of the season, and Chris or Zane is going to benefit from that. Um, I, I mean, I want to. I mean... I want to pick Zane, but I think five victory points to make up. That's, that's it's a tough. lot of victory points. I'm gonna, really I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give Jerry the edge here. Um, I think that if Jerry has the ability to score in the top six, one of the weeks that he doesn't win, it solidifies him for being where he needs to be. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. I mean, the way I let me say. I'm going to do some quick math. Really? You're going to do math at 10.33 at night? Yeah, keep the, the podcast busy. I, I'll do my part. So I, 
it's an interesting I I mean obviously this is I'm just going to ramble because I think it's more entertaining while you do math and I can start sentences and then stop them and do whatever the kind of bullshit I want and look at potential points and the fact that Zane's outscored Jerry on points four and they're only 50 points against in potential points, but Jerry hasn't necessarily made the best matchups, but Zane's been shit on because he's got yeah. almost an extra 125 points scored against him. Uh, I mean, I think... He, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. For your I, services. That's what I'm here for. I think here's what it is at the end of the day. If Zane and Jerry take care of business against Sam and Sean, Zane will make up three points. Or make up two points. Ignoring any one-point stuff. And then it comes down to, it really just will come down to who wins that matchup in week 12. If Jerry wins that matchup, he's going to then go back to his plus five point advantage, ignoring any one point stuff. And even when you factor all that stuff in, it's, I just, if Jerry wins week 12 and they take care of the stuff that they should, Jerry's going to make the playoffs. If, excuse, if Zane wins that matchup, then I think it's, I think it's Zane. I think it comes down to that matchup. And now I'm curious, are there any important buys? Yeah, for that's, that I, I literally just looked at Cardinals, Chiefs, Chargers, and Vikings. Which one are you pulling up right now? Um, Pick Zane or Jerry, and then I'll pull the other one up. I'll pull up Zane. Okay, so I've got Jerry. Cardinals, Chiefs, Chargers, and Vikings. Chiefs, Chargers, Vikings. Uh, Jerry looks super clean. He buys Irv Smith. Outside of that, man, there's nothing. Jerry's you said got Cardinals, Chiefs, Vikings, and Chargers. Yeah, I think it doesn't look like buys are going to be matchup no, to dependent here. The only thing to monitor, I guess, is with Evan Ingram. He's got that foot injury. Um, that means he might not have Evan Ingram, and Kyle Rudolph would be on a buy then for Jerry. Or not for Jerry, for Zane. For Zane, and yeah. So that I mean, maybe... he's got Irv Smith on the other side, but Jack Doyle's clean. Uh-huh. Elliot's clean. Aaron Jones is clean. Marlon Mack's clean. Kyle Allen, who's done his fair share. Derek Carr, who's done every piece of what Jerry's gotten out of him. This, this becomes yep. very interesting. Yeah, so I mean, that's, you know, just as a fan, it's nice that there's not going to be any buys that'll fuck that matchup. So I, it's almost that we can forecast that this could potentially be matchup of the week in Week 12. I think it will be. I mean, it's it's going to be a pseudo-playoff game, especially when you assume that in Week 13 they get, they're both going to have pseudo-buys against Sam and Sean. Yep. This 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 division could be... Week 12 is, is the week to watch in this division. I would agree with that. All right. Well, so you're giving the edge to... To Jerry to maintain it? Yep, I'm going to take Jerry. I mean, you'll take Zane, and then we should probably go to yeah. Nick Ruth for the for the determining piece. Nick, what do you think? Nick will get back to us. Nick will get back to us. Uh, I, I Yeah, I'm going to take Zane. I'm going to take Zane, but I don't feel good about it. I, I really don't. It this, it this is shaping up to be a hell of an ending to year one, dude. It, it really is, and I like... Uh, well, we'll get more feedback on divisions, but I like that it's creating these kind of moments. And it's creating a real big moment in the other division, DC, where five teams, five teams literally, are duking it out for these spots. Um, right now, those five teams are Stefan, who's leading the division at 19 points. 
Dan, who's in second at 18 points. Adam, who has 16 points. Kevin has 15 points. And Steve is bringing up the rear at 11 points. Wow. That's... That's a clusterfuck. Yeah, intense. Clusterfucky, holy shitty. I mean, any number of explicitives you can say about this division is uh, sweatpants are off. I would agree. I think the first thing that you want to look at in this division is who maybe has the advantage of playing Sam, Sean, and I think we can throw Chris into that bucket now with moving Lamar Jackson. I think he approaches, I don't want to say gimme status because... As Sam and Sean have proved, there's no such thing as a gimme, but I think it's pretty close. So the I think this is super interesting. So Steve, who's sitting at 11 points, plays Sam and Chris. Mm-hmm. Kevin, four points ahead of him, plays only Sean. Adam mm-hmm. plays Chris. I only have the luxury of playing Chris as well. And fun fact, Stefan has none of them. Yeah, I mean, looking at Stefan's schedule, I think a case could be made out of all the potential playoff hopefuls. He's probably got the hardest schedule, right? I, I agree, and when you think about this, I would argue that Kevin and Steve have the easiest schedule coming in, potentially, um, which would just, again, clusterfuck the entire top of the division up. Yeah, I mean, with how close it is, I mean, obviously Steve, you know, Steve is he's five points back of the third playoff spot, you know, very similar situation that Zane finds himself in. Um, but he's got the Sam and Chris matchup, but then he's got Stefan and yourself. Yeah. And I think it starts this week with me. I mean, mm-hmm. he's got to sit down and he's got to fucking put up and say, I'm going to beat Dan straight up. I don't like if Dan gets the extra point, it is what it is, but I need to take these two points from Dan to say that this is where my run starts. Yeah. I think he needs, this is a must win, I think, for, for Steve. Um, if he loses it, you know, even if Adam loses it and he makes up no ground on Adam, or Adam gains no ground on him, five points in the final three weeks is a lot to make up. Yeah, and I, it's an interesting piece because then you look at the other piece and you look at Stefan's playing Kevin. This is Kevin needs to do the same thing that Steve has to do to say that, hey, I'm going to make myself a contender in this piece, and I'm going to say this is my fucking division that I'm going to win. Um, there's two huge matchups this week. It's, I mean, yeah, we'll we'll get into the matchups later this week, but those are co-matchups of the week by far. Um, very juicy schedule that the, the DC division is giving us. Um, yeah, we should probably give some love to the uh, schedule-making ma- committee here because they've they've made this very interesting in Week 10 where we still have buys and we still have players that are, are trying to vie for this, and this could be huge. Yeah, I mean, the only one that's got to feel comfortable about his matchup this week is Adam, who's got Chris. <laughs> yeah, oh, and how great do you want it to be? This is an easy three points that you could potentially pull at minimum two. Which yeah, you, ties you for second in this division. This has to, I mean, if you're Chris, you've got to be feeling fan-freaking-tastic about this. Well, yeah, because then at that point, his last three games to close out the year are probably the hardest. He's got a cupcake this week, and then he's got myself, Kevin, and Stefan down things. Yeah, and by Chris, I mean Adam. Thank you for those of us yeah. that don't suck at names. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, I blame the, I blame the moonshine. So I'm going to ask you a few questions. 
right, let's do this. All right. Stefan right now is leading the division. I'm going to give you Stefan or the field. Who is going to finish first place in the division? I'll take the field. He has the hardest schedule going in. I think there's a couple other pieces, myself included, that could make this better than what he has right now. Okay. Do one of Kevin or Steve close the gap and make the playoffs? Kevin does, yes. Okay. And the last one to end things is... What do I want? I got a three's a good number. I'll, I'll take... Who makes the third playoff spot for 500, Alex? <laughs> Is it you? Yeah, I think I, I, I'm i going to take Stefan, me, and Kevin make the playoffs. I think Sauce closes the gap, but I think it's just a little short. Yeah. I... It's hard to argue with that. Um, I think, again, it might come down... Just you know, another matchup: Adam I'm, versus Kevin in oh, week yeah, twelve. Oh yeah, look at week twelve. I was just gonna say that. Holy shit! Like, look at this. These are the two guys that could potentially be playing for that last playoff spot. That say, here's what I've got going on. And the worst part about that is in week twelve, Stefan plays Steve, and I. That's my easy week. I get I get Chris that week. No offense, brother. I still love you. Um, but I yeah, I think everybody has an interesting matchup at each of these different pieces in the week where two teams get to duke it out with two other teams. And there's one team in this top five that kind of has the uh, matchup. Yeah, well, I mean, let's look at that for... I'm, I'm pulling up Kevin's team. I'm curious. Week 12, does he have any so, significant buys? So that means I get Steven Ooh. week 12. So Kevin has Hunter Henry and Larry Fitzgerald on a buy. The Hunter Henry one will really hurt. Yes, I tight I ends are, as you found out this week... Pretty important. Mm-hmm. But and Steve has Mike Williams on a bye that week as well. That's a bummer. Yep, because I mean that's I mean he's really come on over over the last couple weeks is taking care of his business. That's true. Justin, I mean, I, I still think. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I still think Kevin. That's losing Hunter Henry is a little more difficult. Oh, but yep. Steve also has David Johnson. Oh, yep, I. But that's pending the David Johnson health, and Chris Edmonds is part of that as well, yeah. But still, I mean, those are... Yep, two big pieces. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, let's see, we look at Stefan and Adam. Stefan has Philip Rivers on a bye, Melvin Gordon on a bye, Merkel Holdman, Hardman, Tyreek Hill. Those are Those are huge pieces, yeah. And when you look at Franchise 12, he's got Patrick Mahomes or Matt Moore on a bye. Kenyon Drake, Austin Eckler on a bye. Those are also pretty big. and Buys are going to play a role in this, perhaps. That that we could be interesting. I mean, that's that's a scary piece to think that with all those buys that those guys could potentially be looking at only one person getting two points, and there's five other teams that could score ahead of those guys just because of the point differential that they'll lose. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, just because of seeing those buys for Adam, I think that's going to help, or that's going to make me give an edge to Kevin. So I'm going to have the same thing as you. I think it's going to be Stefan, Kevin, and yourself making the playoffs. So who wins the division then? And I'll ask you this because you asked me this. Who wins that division? It takes that ever-so-coveted buy out of the D.C. division. Hmm. Hmm. 
That's a great question. I think, okay, so I'm going to give, I'm going to kind of be, give like a half-hearted answer. I think the best team in that division is Stefan Flash Gordon. However, to use my Stephen A. Smith voice, he's got the, the worst schedule, and I think he's going to maybe slip up. And because of that, I'm going to give the edge to you. Thanks, man. I, I appreciate the, the potential in in the bad juju world, but it, <laughs> I think a lot of it comes down to what are both of us, because we both have to play Steve. Mm-hmm. I play Steve this week, and Stefan plays Steve in week 12. What are each of us going to do against Steve that week? They're going to make the difference, and we we also both have to play Kevin. Stefan plays Kevin this week, and I finish against Kevin in week 13. There's well, a lot of interdivisional plays that are going to come into play in this this piece. I mean, one thing that we're not even considering is it's a five-team race now, but what if Steve loses to you this week and misses out on a point? Does he maybe sell? Does maybe he, does he look at maybe be like, all right, I went off on the David Johnson train or whatever the situation is? So you know, this if, could throw a dynamic that we're not really expecting, and I wouldn't be shocked. So if that happens, then you got to figure. So, so I sit at at that point in time twenty points. Mm-hmm. Stefan will be irrelevant at that world, and then Adams in in line to beat Chris. Which let's say that's an extra two points that puts him eighteen to eleven. Okay, that's mm-hmm. math says that's seven points with three weeks to go, yep. which means that he has to score inside of the top six and win his matchup. Every week, basically, to, and to even have a if fighting he, chance. And even if he does that, even if he does that, Adam can still control his own destiny because oh, yeah. with the one point option, yep, he can still make things up. Yeah, you I know, think this he can score three, you know, three one pointer or one point every week and still clinch. If Steve does not win this week, I'll put the chopping block on him. He's a, he's a chicken. He's got both his feet done. He's thrown on the chopping block. That axe is right above his head. Is he going to pull out of the way, or is he going to get his head chopped off? I think this week has to determine whether Steve's successful or in deep shit. 100% agreed. It's just it's just a simple math equation. It's very difficult to make up even five points with in the final three weeks, let alone potentially seven, yep. and which this, is and a the, likely scenario. And the same thing could be said about Kevin. Granted, Kevin's, you know... Kevin's closer, but yes. Kevin's a lot closer this way, but I mean, if Kevin if Kevin loses this week and doesn't get anything out of the week, that's, again, another big step that Kevin's got to overcome. It's, uh, this week could be... We could come into next week's podcast and say, hey, man, this division's set. It's fucking done. Or we could come in here saying, holy shit, here we go. Yeah, I, I don't think we're going to say it's 100% done just because Kevin then has that next nice matchup with Sean in week 11. But I do think, yeah, I think we'll know Steve. We'll know if Steve's staying alive or, you know, the chicken's head is cut off yeah. to use your yeah, I mean, great analogy. I mean, at that point in time, dude, unless you have anything else we want to talk about, let's start picking teams. I agree. Let's we've talked. We've kind of alluded to these matchups. Let's jump into them. Um, we'll start things off. I think with the the few gimmies. Um, myself, 
my eyes the goggles do nothing versus under construction uh the vegas odds has this spread at 61.8 points right now yeah i just i wrote goggles down for both of us i don't even need to hear your answer i think there's a i yep that's it goggles yeah i mean i'm you know if there's a scenario where it happens ryan Tannehill has looked decent um and Devontae Adams is back. Maybe Sean's team could get a little spicy. But I should hopefully take care of business. I mean, Kamara coming back could potentially help yep. and everything like that. That's that's a different piece that's part of it. Um, he's got to replace a, a buying Alshon Jeffrey and everything like that. And when you look at his availability at wide receiver... Maybe his best option is either a Taylor Gabriel against Detroit or a Chester Rogers. Heaven forbid Chester Rogers with Indianapolis takes care of business. Um, yeah, I'm not liking either of those names. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I will take me. Um, all right, next gimme matchup would be Z Zane versus Sam American Psycho. I will make the Z with the dash in the middle of it. Yep, it, it's it's hard to argue against that. Um, I could have maybe been talked into it if Kevin didn't, or excuse me, if Zane didn't have Lamar Jackson. But even with that, yeah, I mean, Christian Kirk's gonna do his thing. That that Tampa Bay Arizona game, I'm very intrigued about. Is that could be an absolute shootout through the air? But um, when you get to start RG3 as a quarterback, I don't like your odds. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately with Carson Wentz on a bye, Sam's fucked. That's the nice right. way of putting it, I think, too. But now we're kind of in the juicy matchups, the playoff implications, the winner-go-home matchups. And we'll start off with a very juicy one, and that would be Captain Mayfield versus Three Blind Mice. Nick Ruth versus Jerry. Does it happen again? Can Jerry pull out an upset? Aaron Jones at Carolina. Marlon Mack. Oh my God! Give me a little. Give me a little Marlon Mack at Miami. Love. Mm-hmm. If Elliott can find the end zone, this game gets interesting. DK Metcalf's been nothing short of spectacular. But on the flip side, Devin Singletary's also looked super good. Joe Mixon has been interesting. Mike Evans has been a godsend. I have him in another league, and we won't talk about that league, but that one's fantastic. <laughs> Curtis Samuel had a great game. All signs point to, to Nick in this matchup. I don't really? want to tempt fate. I'm going to take Mayfield. You know... Do it. I, I'm taking Jerry. I do not like... a Baker Mayfield right now is an enigma. It's bad, yes. It's really fucking Nick. Um, And especially, I mean, we didn't really have a chance to talk about it, but Gardner Minshew will not be the starting quarterback. Not this coming weekend, but the following weekend after their bye. Give me the Foles, which, hey, fun fact, I don't know if you know this. You know who has Nick Foles? Would it be Three Blind Mice? (laughs) Three Blind Mice. Uh Uh-huh. That he does. Um, But yeah, Baker Mayfield against the Bills. The Bills are a tough defense. Um I, I'm not feeling great about that, and I think for Jerry's team, um, I, you know, Zeke and Elliot are great, 
But I mean, DK Metcalf, and I mean Zach Bas Zach Pascal. I no ty this week again. No ty. No ty, and it sounds like it's going to be for a few weeks. I still don't think he's a long term thing. But hey, when ty's out and he's pretty much shown to be their number one option, he's producing. And that's huge for Jerry. Hey, man, you remember that one time where we talked about trades and we gave a lot of shit that Zach Pascal didn't mean shit to a trade? Yeah. Do you I, ever, yeah, do you ever think that, fuck, we're an idiot? Well, <laughs> I, small sample size alert. I'm still oh, yeah. yep. I, not sold on him. Yep, not disagree, but, but yeah. But at the end of the day, T.Y. Hilton's out and Zach Pascal, Pascal's been producing. And he has jacked oil. Well, all we know is, and he's potentially starting Brian Hoyer, depending on the matchup, or depending on if Brissett plays. I feel like you would consider playing Brent, Brent, or excuse me, Brian Hoyer against the Dolphins. Hoyer the destroyer, baby. Mm-hmm. I mean, so he would be all in on the Colts. Yeah, I, I, and playing against Miami, it's hard to argue against part of that. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to... Jerry's going to keep rolling with it and playing with fire. Um, I think it's going to be a really close matchup. Our league has the spread at 16 points, and I am definitely taking the under on that. Um, yeah, 16 points is a, it's an interesting spread, and I think Jerry could surprise again. Yeah, it, it's going to be close. I wouldn't be shocked if Nick wins, but I don't think it's going to be yeah. by a margin of over 16 points. Yep, another fun matchup to watch. Mm-hmm. All right, now we're down to our co-matchups of the week. Nope, we missed one. We still have um, uh, did we? Cold Seal and Sunshine against Franchise 12. Oh, fuck. <laughs> so I, I put 12 down on my list. You can go ahead and pick whoever you want. Uh, yeah, I, I'm taking Franchise 12. Cold Seal and Sunshine's team is, in my opinion, at the Sean and Sam tier without Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I agree. I like the rebuild idea for, for where Cold Seal and Sunshine's going. Yeah, I, I like it too. All right, let's um, get into these matchups that are decided yes. by at least projections in the Vegas line are less than a point away. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll save yours for last, but again, these are really co-matchups. And the first one we'll talk about will be tearing up the ACL versus Flash Gordon. Stefan versus Kevin. It is Jacoby Brissett going to start? And that becomes the very interesting piece to this piece. As Stefan has that. Phillip Rivers goes up, goes up against an Oakland defense. Josh Jacobs is on there. Tyreek Hill is a very interesting matchup against the tough Tennessee pass defense. When you look at the other side, Matthew Stafford has been Matthew fucking Stafford as it goes through here. But at the flip side, Devonta Foreman hasn't been anything less than absolute shit. Um, mm-hmm. It's an interesting piece. A lot of these, there's a couple players that potentially put a Thursday game in here, and I don't like Thursday games at the very least. And with that being said, understanding that Rivers and uh, Gordon will play on Thursday against just a Hunter Henry, I'm going to take Kevin. Yeah, I'm going to take Kevin as well, but I think it's it's, it's going to the hype and be a it's close, close matchup. I think if there was a determining factor or just something that's not making me feel great about Stefan's chances, it would be at the tight end position. Um, you know, Tyler Eifert's an option. I think, you know, Ryan Griffin for the Jets, depending on if Chris Herndon plays, could be an option. 
but no matter how you slice it, you don't feel great about those options. It pretty much comes down to like a hope and a prayer of them getting the touchdown or some fluky catches, whereas Kevin has Hunter Henry. Um, I think that might be the deciding factor for me, and that's why I'm going with Kevin in this situation. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame you there. I think it's a, it's you could make an argument for either side depending on who you are. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting, but give me Kevin, and that would be a huge win. Kevin definitely needs it. Um, all right, well then, the last matchup of the week, and again the co-matchup of the week would be Island of Misfit Toys versus Soth. Was wow, blah, 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 blah. Island of Misfit Toys versus Sauce. Kevin, wow. I yeah, you got this. Go yeah, yeah, you've got this rolling on here. Steve versus me. Damn. There we go. Thank yeah, you. Buddy, that's what I'm here. It's being part of this matchup gives me so much joy to be able to help with this. <laughs> you know, I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, this we've talked about it we've led to it this really feels like a playoff matchup for sauce a loss here really cripples any chance at making the playoffs um and it's this is a matchup of heavy hitters um you look at the situation dan you have obviously josh allen but drew Brees. What a just amazing matchup that he has against this atlanta falcons team first of all the atlanta falcons suck but also the Saints are playing the Falcons. The Saints don't like the Falcons. If Sean Payton has a chance to run up the score, he's going to do so. And Drew Brees is going to benefit from that. Um, you know, Mark Ingram, Christian McCaffrey, you guys know who they are. The wide receiver position, you know, Julian Edelman being on a bye does suck. It really puts a hamper on your team. Cole Beasley right now makes sense being the guy to start, but it's Cole Beasley. And that could potentially be a problem. Um, but again, you have Gerald Everett and Austin Hooper. I, I love the Gerald Everett start, especially with Brandon Cooks being out. It's going to help you. When we go over to Steve's team, you know, Matt Ryan against the Saints, I mean, that's that's intriguing. You know, Jameis Winston has a juicy matchup as well against uh, the Cardinals. Um, that will be fun. Um, Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson, two kind of question marks. You know, are they actually going to play this week? Dave, or Le'Veon Bell, it sounds like he's going to, but David Johnson, it sounds a little bit more up in the air. And same thing with A.J. Green. I know, um, what's the Bengals head coach name? Do you know off the top of your head? Not off the top of my head, no. Uh, I suck at life. I suck too. Um, basically, Sean McVay, Disciple, said that A.J. Green is supposed to start this weekend, but he hasn't practiced yet this week, so we'll see. But um, going back to the other match, or the... Falcon Saints matchup to piggyback off the Drew Brees, you know, successful matchup. Sauce has Michael Thomas, and Michael Thomas might have a insane game against that Falcon secondary. Um, Mike Williams, we've talked about how successful he's been the past few weeks. Um, George Kittle is great. Delaney Walker, is he actually even going to play? I Steve has a lot of people starting that I'm not even sure if they're going to play, and if they are. Who knows how successful they're going to be. Because of that, I'm giving the edge to you, Dan. But we'll see who plays for yeah. Sauce's team. Because there's say, just a lot of stuff up in the air right now. Yeah. If the answer is you're living on a prayer, 
not to not to quote a Bon Jovi line, that's kind of where Steve's sitting on. It's do these guys that I'm playing have the ability to play? Le'Veon Bell with a knee injury is interesting. AJ Green coming off of IR, it's interesting. George Kittle, again, it's it's a questionable piece to it, but. If you've got a Matt Ryan, Julio Jones stack, you've got to be feeling good part of that. And understanding mm-hmm. that you have a Michael Thomas to combat a Drew Brees on the other side feels good. Um, the question becomes is, do I take the chance on an Adam Thielen hamstring injury? And I don't think the answer is yes, I do, because I got burned on it last week, and it almost cost me a, a point in the in the standings there. Did they officially rule him out? I thought uh, I saw that. Or I, he's unlikely to play. He's unlikely to play, yes, yeah. which which helps me make the decision to say this is not oh, yeah. the way to go. But at the same point in time, A.J. Green on the other side and Tyler Boyd on my side both have this guy named Ryan Finley that's going to start. And how much do you trust a rookie to take care of feeding mm-hmm. two big wide receiver threats? Um it's the year of the backup. Yeah, it, it really is. And at the end of the day, see. yep, you, you hope and pray. I'm going to take myself as well. This could potentially be the kiss of death in in my world, but I do like my matchups. I like marking or running against the Cincinnati defense, and I like the Cincinnati defense potentially holding A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd on my side to less than negligible. But I think the the Austin Hooper piece and the Gerald Everett piece get it done for me in the long run at the tight end premium position. Yeah, I, I agree. I just I worry if one of Bell or David Johnson sits out, I don't think AJ Green's gonna play. And Delaney Walker, I don't know, is gonna play. So that means Sauce might be starting Demarius Thomas, maybe Frank Gore. I don't know. Um yeah, give me give me you to win this week and Unfortunately, you know, Steve might be going fishing after this week. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting piece, but if Steve ends up beating me, this division gets tossed. I've, I mean, what do you want to sing the French Prince of Bel Air song? <laughs> no, because it gets flipped, turned uh, right side upside down, and I'd like to take a minute just sit right there and tell you how me and Nick became the princes of this podcast. Great way to end it, Dan. Thanks, been buddy. on fire this week. All right, guys. Best of luck this week. It's Thursday, so probably when some of you guys listen to this, maybe the games will already be played, but or the Thursday night game. But uh, good luck this week, and Steve, Godspeed in your playoff game. Yeah, lots of love, boys. Adios.